Good morning. Good morning to Sector 12. You're still the sexy sector. Your queen is Pam Greer. Good morning. It is January the 3rd. 2022, in the time and age of Bob Limtock, it is a time of scurvy thieves and pirate witches. It is a time of GoDaddy tech support, and that's the worst kind of turd. It is the time of lies, but it's been the time of lies our whole lives, probably, right? <clears throat> we get lied to a lot. It's only at certain points in history the lies become so brutally obvious you have a choice. You can stay confused or you can see the lie. Doesn't mean you know the truth. Doesn't. I saw the lie of evil when I was an atheist. Um, Long before I had my faith in Jesus, long before I thought that the Lord in heaven sent his only son to die for our sins, long before I believed any of those things, I saw the lie of evil. I, I understood why it was wrong on a certain level, but I never had a very good explanation. And so that's where I started. Traveling down a road, a road filled with lies. Yeah, traveling down a liar's highway. That's probably been most of my adult life until maybe the last decade, is I was just another happy traveler in the United States of America traveling down the liar's highway. I believed a lot of nonsense. I believed so much nonsense that probably for a couple years after 9-11, maybe up until almost 2005, I still kind of allowed the delusions to haunt me because other than the nonsense, there was nothing. You know, I've talked about this movie in the past, THX 1138, and it's a haunting film. A lot of people hate it. You either hate it or you love it. As far as work goes, it might be some of the best work uh, in film history and one of the best dystopian films of all time. And it doesn't give you a hero's ending. There's no Logan's Run where the sexy, you know, man and woman died through swimming pools to save the mind slaves. No. It essentially ends with the idea that the system doesn't give a crap at a certain point. You're worthless to them. And so the robots turn back. They have an economic equation inside their head. You're Robert Duvall scurrying for the surface, crawling up a tube as if to be born again as a child into the world. And at a certain point, the robot doesn't give a fuck. It does not care because you are 
technically too expensive. Yeah, at a certain point, you're too fucking expensive. And this makes the, the dystopia of THX 1138, if evil, very rational. In fact, so rational that you almost have to respect it. I'm not saying I'd want to live there, and I'm not even sure it's possible. Like, I, I genuinely believe that the optimal state of human affairs is freedom. It's not a, it's not a choice as much as it's a necessity. People think of it as a choice, and that's why you end up selling it for a buck fifty-five. That's why you end up selling yourself and your kids down the river because you think it's a privilege or an option to be free. You were born free. You can be an atheist if you want to be, but go take a, a little hike in the jungle. Go take a little dive in the sea. You'll see no government. You won't. Yeah, 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 you'll see weird sexual hierarchies, and man, we crazy monkeys are slaves to our junk as well. But you don't see government, you don't see taxes, you don't see any of that. And, and you know, the bozo could come out and say, well, you also don't see progress. Well, you do. You see it in the form of dead seas. You see it in the form of over-oxygenated oceans. You see it in the form of giant poop poles near every city throughout history. Guess what? Human pollution, not a new thing. It just turns out in the last 150 years, like everything else, we've taken it to a new level. So this idea that we were ever uh, respectful of nature in some fundamental way, that's kind of probably a lot of bullshit too. Or at least I should say this. When we're free, I think we're highly respectful. But that first time we built a city, the first time we gathered our shit and mud, the first time we built a little tavern, yeah, anyways, I, taverns are okay. But, um... No, the very first time we decided, and I don't know who decided, these decisions, these attitudes, these cultures, these changes happened four or five, six thousand years ago, perhaps even further back in time. I don't know what the current archaeology is on Sumeria or ancient Egypt or the various other civilizations, you know, Yellow River, Indus River. I don't know where the number is, but at some point in the past, a bunch of motherfuckers got together and they decided that having a government was better than being free. And perhaps at that very moment, the separation between mankind and his or her ecosystem began. And the argument you could come back with, well, Dan, you know, we wouldn't have technology or any of these fancy things if we didn't have government. And my response to that is that's total bullshit. You would still have progress. It would take a different form. And arguably, I think in that alternative world, a world where people are free and in that sense more connected to the world, in that I doubt people would have done half of the shitty nonsense that governments did in the 20th century to include above-ground testing of nuclear weapons. And you can come back and say, well, Dan, they didn't know any better. And then I come back and say is, why do you keep fucking voting? 
Why do you keep fucking believing it? Listen to the statement you just said. They did not know any better. How the fuck do you think they know better now? Why the fuck do you think they care more today? That's an interesting fucking question. If your response to me is, they didn't know better, my simple retort is, why the fuck do you vote? You're basically saying you choose to vote people, you know, you choose to vote for people you know are probably fucking idiots. And you want to put them in charge of the most complicated overly complicated Rube Goldberg device of all time called the U.S. government. And you think the outcome's going to be positive, but you always have the retort, they didn't know any better. Well, I think you can have it one way or the other. You can believe in voting because you can believe in the wisdom of the people. Or you can, you know, yeah. You can say they're idiots, but then don't fucking vote, dude. Dudette, whoever the fuck you are. No longer support the lie. I don't think the button's connected to anything. I mean, if you've listened to my podcast in the past on various other venues that are now shut down for all sorts of shadow ban ban reasons, but if you've listened in the past, I've talked about this, you know. Um, we've had this conversation, dude. Before I continue, I want to read an article that showed up in Zero Hedge the other day. It was originally published on the Free Thought Project, and the author, I'm assuming this is a nom de plume, is Matt Agarist. The title of the article, CIA Experimented on Hundreds of Orphans, Torturing Them to Reveal Psychopathic Traits, says report. According to a new documentary out of Denmark, which interviewed former victims, the Central Intelligence Agency secretly carried out experiments on 311 orphan children. The experiments were meant to reveal psychopathic traits and map out the link between schizophrenia and heredity. According to the report, the children were tortured in clear violation of the Nuremberg Code of 1947 that introduced ethical restrictions for experiments on humans. I read on. Hundreds of Danish orphans were unknowingly used in experiments backed by the CIA. According to Danish Radio, reporting on a new documentary called The Search for Myself. According to the report, the experiments began in the early 1960s and spanned the course of two decades. They were conducted to investigate the link between heredity and environment in the development of schizophrenia. However, the children were not told what research they were involved in, not even after the experiments ended. It was also funded in part by a CIA front associated with the MKUltra program. Eerily, the examinations took place in a basement at the municipal hospital in Copenhagen. That's not eerie. I'm sorry for the editorial comment here, but I worked around hospitals. I could totally see that. The director and producer of the documentary, Per Wenick, was actually a victim of the CIA and subjected to these experiments as a child. 
In the documentary, he recalled being placed in a chair, getting electrodes put on his arms, legs, and chest around the heart, and having to listen to loud, shrill noises, which attempted to incite a psychological response. It was very uncomfortable, Wenick told Danish Radio. And it's not just my story. It's the story of many children. By his own admission, he was promised something funny before being taken to the hospital. Wow. That's, that's irony or not irony. I think this is a violation of my rights as a citizen in this society. I find it so strange that some people should know more about me than I myself have been aware of. According to historian, PhD, and museum inspector at the Danish Welfare Museum, Jacob Naje Rasmussen, this was the only known experiment in Danish history that used children under the state care for research, and it was funded by the CIA in violation of the Nuremberg Code. I want to quote that. I want to do that again. This was the only known experiment in Danish history. Yeah, that leaves a big hole. I do not know of similar attempts, neither in Denmark nor in Scandinavia. It is appalling information that contradicts the Nuremberg Code of 1947, which after World War II was to set some ethical restrictions for experiments on humans. Among other things, informed consent was introduced, which today is central to the world of research, Najee Rasmussen told Danish Radio. Probably asterisk doesn't apply to vaccinations, right? He emphasized the vulnerability of the group in the custody of the state. Uh, you know what, guys? I'm going to stop here because it pretty much just drolls on to the end. And I'll have the link in the notes, assuming I don't get deleted again, because I'm getting deleted about every month now. But the notes will be there, and you can read the rest yourself. And this kind of connects to where I was at a few minutes ago. You know, the whole conversation about um, they didn't know any better, Right. How could they have known? How could they have known? How could they have known? The only problem with that statement is that there are a myriad of examples of how they should have known. And the only conclusions you're left with is they did know, and they have nefarious purposes, which means eh, you shouldn't support these people, they're crooks, or they really didn't know, and they're just idiots in charge of the most dangerous homunculi of human failure in world history, the U.S. government. Yeah, you probably don't want those kinds of people in charge, really. But as I said, keep on voting. It's 2022. It's 2022, baby. I came across another interesting article on Zero Hedge. It had to do with Amazon, I think, or yeah, Amazon Alexa. And I'll ha I'll have the link in the notes. You can read the article, but it basically says that somehow this artificial intelligence was trying to direct a child into the child inadvertently killing themselves, and that's pretty horrible. And I I don't know how to respond to that. Me personally, I think artificial intelligence is as overhyped today as it was, you know, when the term was first coined um, 60, 70 years ago. I think it's as overhyped today as it was then. And I don't know that machines are really close to being, uh, you know, capable of actually making a moral decision. At best, it's still a very complicated algorithm, but that's it. 
no consciousness, no awareness. It's kind of like a sleepwalker. Let's say a person, and I think there's some documentary advertisement I saw on Hulu or some other channel for this, but about sleepwalkers that accidentally kill people. Well, let's say that's a thing. I don't really know. I don't know enough about sonambulism and what people can do. I know people can get up and leave the home. And I know that there are really bad drug interactions with sleep medication that can cause even more complex behaviors. And, and as you probably are aware, um, there are these things called blackouts where people get so drunk they have no short-term memory of what they did. They sort of a, an, a limited amnesia. They can go out and do terrible things, but they just don't store the memories, um, probably because the hippocampus is flooded with alcohol. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a neuroscientist, nor do I fucking care. But the article basically said that Alexa tried to kill a child. And listen, I don't think that's funny, but here's what I do think is something I've entertained, and it's whimsical, and it's not scientific. As conjectures go, it's a weak conjecture, but I've been thinking about this recently. Like, what if a lot of these electronic devices are really just designed to be, um, I don't know, vessels, really? Vessels for demons. What if, I mean, and this is crazy, I know I sound crazy, I sound cocaine crazy, but what if really the cloud is an anti-cloud, not a place for angels? What if the cloud is really an anti-cloud and only dark angels sit upon those clouds? Amazon's got a huge cloud, and don't they have some big cloud contracts with the government? You know, so they can keep track of those files of them kids they tortured. And you know what? I'm going to stop here before I continue about artificial intelligence telling kids to kill themselves. Because how could they have known, right? How could they have known? How in the history of history could people have ever conceived of outcomes and consequences and made rational decisions beforehand? How could they have known, right? If you really believe that just in Denmark, the only cases of kids being tortured with these cases, you're a fucking idiot. I will make that absolute statement based upon intuition and observation, but I will tell you this. The idea that this was the only case in just Denmark, you know, the only case involving the CIA, I am certain the CIA did their MK Ultra nonsense multiple times around the world in all kinds of locations. And I'll get some motherfucker who'll say, well, Dan, how could they have known? The Nuremberg Code of 1947 basically forbids every fucking thing that has happened in this country since March of 2020. Every fucking thing. 
All the cases of using medical excuses for false imprisonment, for forced procedures, and yeah, if you're going to hide the fucking records for 60 or 70 years or 55 years, Pfizer, guess what? It's by definition a fucking experiment. Since March of 2020, our government, for whatever fucking reason, and you don't know and I don't know, anybody that claims to know is a liar, but our government has been violating every aspect of not just the Nuremberg Code, but the spirit of what it supposedly came from. A rejection of the barbarity of what Hitler and what the Nazi government in Germany did. But would it shock you to realize that well past 1947, there were places in this country where people were involuntarily sterilized? Would it shock you to know that Sweden continued to involuntarily sterilize people for a long time after World War II? Thank you very much, Scandinavian ethics, you fuck. Would it shock you to realize that during the Cold War, the United States government, without anyone's permission or knowledge, experimented on half a million Americans with radiological material? Would it shock you to know that the U.S. Army during the Cold War experimented on populations with bioweapons? Would it shock you? And if you come back to me and say, Dan, how could they have known? Again, I say, whatever the future brings, and I hope in the very least it's a future of consequences, whatever befalls you, before you and your ignorance is your justice. If you want to say they couldn't have known, then you deserve everything that's about to happen. Everything. You own it. Just like every other motherfucker who tries to tell me that they couldn't have possibly known, but they keep on fucking voting. My God, that truly is a kind of insanity, isn't it? So yeah, this artificial intelligence supposedly is telling kids to stick pennies into sockets or whatever. And I remember this South Park episode, not South Park, excuse me, C-Lab 2021. The C-Lab 2021 episode that had to do with the Feast of Alvis. And you know how Captain Murphy wanted to have a celebration in C-Lab. But the breakers wouldn't take the lights. So he says, shove a penny in it. Penny will start a fire. Penny will start a fire. Is that where Alexa... Anyways, what if the cloud is really a place for demons? Next topic. I think I killed that one. Too long, too long. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Some of the most interesting things happen near the rapids. That's Dr. Freckles. And just so you know, I plan on collecting all these Dr. Freckles quotes at some point and issuing a book. I just don't know if there's a point to it yet. I'm trying to work up my belief system to have enough faith to eke out a living for whatever more months between now and the future, or whatever the future is. I, I have a lot of friends, and they have different views on the collapse. I think we all agree we're in the collapse. 
the question is, you know, what part of it, and do we really understand how steep that curve's going to be? Me personally, I feel like a lot of the stagflation shit, bargaining, bargaining. I think a lot of the hyperinflation shit is a kind of bargaining. Because baked into all that is the supply chain keeps getting you Grumpus Cubes and Drimulac and Chicken McNuggets. Which, by the way, you can buy a 20-piece Chicken McNugget at McDonald's for five bucks. That's crazy. Makes you wonder what's in them. I, I, I got some Chicken McNuggets last week. <laughs> they actually tasted pretty fucking good and that worried me. Because this isn't the 1970s and... Not Charlton Heston. I'm not Charlton Heston, okay? So, so you know, we're probably not going to get little, you know, food-colored green, um, you know, triscuits or whatever, you know, wheat thins, like Soylent Green, right? No, they'll probably chop people up, bleach the flesh, um, emulsify it into a slurry, and then using drying techniques and cooling techniques and then injection molding, creating the primary shapes of a chicken McNugget. There's the Z shape or the boot. There's the rectangle. There's the trapezoid. There's the circle. And sometimes you get a triangle because somebody is a smart ass. Now, none of these are actual shapes inside of a chicken. But if, you're, if you take a human body and you freeze dry it, you pulverize it into a powder. You emulsify it into a kind of a saline, maybe even a saline vitamin slurry. You bleach it so it's all white flesh now. And then you injection mold it and you've got yourself a chicken McNugget. And nothing in nature will taste as good to you as that chicken McNugget. Anyways, that's a bit of a digression from the quote. So let's quote Dr. Freckles once more. Some of the most interesting things happen near the rapids. Um, I'm not an expert on rafting. I've only really been rafting a couple times, although one of those times was on a river that had class five rapids and a water temperature of 39 degrees. So arguably it was a dangerous enough river, but I've never, I've never been more rafting than that. And I did almost drown that day I went rafting on that river, but almost drowned is just, it's kind of lame. I mean, unless you actually drown, it's just waterboarding, right? I had a, a chapter I wrote for the Chronicles of Yorbis, something that is out there but nobody reads, and it dealt with this topic, and it was written 10 years ago. And what I said 10 years ago not only still applies, but I kind of hope people understood the meaning of it. Um, back then, I don't think, I think people's eyes were glazed over when I talked about issues like collapse. And even now, people need to cling on to their lives so heartily with so much force that they are abandoning people they supposedly care about in favor of the lie. So listen, I'm telling you, a lot of people's eyes still glaze over. But one of the messages of the story um, that I had written for the Chronicles of Yorbis, this particular story, one of the messages was is that you can live, and you could live in you know maybe these pastoral times. Like, if you read a history book and you believe it, and you believe there were slower times, you could have lived in those times. And by your standards, you could have been happy. 
It's ridiculous to apply a subjective standard of the 21st century to the 18th century. I'm not saying what they did was all good. Let me in, I'm going to let you in a little secret, you fuck. Everything you do isn't necessarily good. The system you're involved in might be a really shitty system that tortures fucking kids. And then pretends it's a one-off because, gee, how could we have known that torturing children is wrong? So forget your fucking issues around different centuries. You could have lived in a slower time. You could have lived in a quiet, relatively quiet town. You could have lived in such a way that you would have been happy and at peace. And you can live in a time of turmoil. And in a lot of ways, this is a time of turmoil. I don't think the real turmoil's actually hit yet. I still think it's mostly lies. But yeah, you could live in a time of turmoil. A time where the river is rough, where the water is all white, because it's aerated, because it's moving 50 or 60 miles per hour through rocks and stones and boulders and little cut, you know, ravines or, you know, yeah, you, you, could have, you could live in a dangerous time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I think the book of Ecclesiastes says in this particular short story I wrote 10 years ago would say, it probably doesn't matter. Because again, it's a subjective comparison. There are people in this life who are going to be rich and there are people who are going to be poor. And if you think you can fix the problem of rich and poor, you're probably crazy. There are people in this life who will be beautiful. There will be people in this life who will be ugly. And if you think you can fix the problem of what's beautiful and what's ugly, you're crazy, you're crazy, you can't fix that. There are people who are slow, and there are people who can run god-awful fast. And when you're young, you can run fast, man. When I was in my mid-twenties, I could do two miles in 11 minutes. Now, that's not a world record, but I thought that was pretty good after smoking a fucking cigarette. There are people who are slow. Throughout their whole life, they are slow. No matter how hard they try, they're still slow. There are people who are in good shape. There are people who are fat. If you're looking for the perfect description of this, here's the reality. There are people who will live relatively happy lives, and there are people who will be surrounded by tragedy. And if you want to fix the problem of joy and tragedy, you are a fucking moron. I'm not saying that it's good to be sad. I'm not saying it's bad to be happy. I'm saying believing you can determine the meaning of one versus the other is idiocy. If you're a Christian, as I've admonished many Christians in the past, read the whole book of Ecclesiastes and then read the whole rest of the Bible in whatever order you want to. And if you're an atheist, do your own investigation. But there is no way that you're going to somehow create a super equalizer, a super equilibrium machine that will make everyone equally whatever. And I gotta say, 
that's a wretched dystopia. That's pretty much THX 1138. Let's somehow munch and mash and squeeze and freeze dry all of humanity so we can squeeze it out into a few different shapes. You get the boot, you get the circle, you get your fucking chicken McNugget. 20 of them, 20 pieces, 5 bucks. I'm telling you, it's got to be made of something special. Some of the most interesting things happen when things get dangerous. Some of the most exciting things in life involve the risk of death. And it's true, it's often true. No matter the accomplishment, which might not be meaningful to others, but really does that fucking matter. No matter that moment in your life when you've achieved something, often, if there's risk involved, the achievement feels sweeter. And if there's risk involved, the failure feels less bland, less dark, less sour. In fact, if you risk everything for principles, even if you lose, that's a more powerful spirit heading towards the other side than slowly dying in a rest home. So yeah, you could slowly die in a rest home, and that is an option, but, and that's your choice, right? A lot of people like that choice. You can burn your life out, use it up like a flash grenade, use it up instantaneously, doing hookers and cocaine. That's your choice too. You have a choice. If you think you have a choice to choose whether the times you live in are easy or hard, you're a fool. If you think you have a choice to figure out which part of the Great River you settle on, guess what? Some of you are going to coast down the Great River of time during periods of calm, even if surrounded by turmoil. Some of you will manage that. Some of you, in calm times, will be haunted by turmoil. But the reality is, you can't really choose the part of the river you're born into that you live in. And I think it is true. Interesting doesn't mean good, but probably the most interesting things you'll ever find are found in the turbulence in the rapids. Next topic. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, if, if I can thank you very much. You don't fix a broken window by breaking more. Dr. Freckles. When I was being trained as an officer in the military, there was a lot of focused on, focus on a subject called stability and support operations. And these are operations essentially involving failed states or human catastrophes. 
And back then I believed the bullshit. So I actually believed, yeah, Americans want to mostly go in and help and we're mostly trying to help. And how could they have known, right? Believe me, back then I swallowed all that fucking bullshit. How could they have known? But yeah, one of the things we trained on was SASO, Stability and Support Operations. And when I look back upon what the military has actually been doing, and it's not recent, it's not brand new, okay? It, it's a product of education that you're led to believe that, but the reality is this nonsense goes back almost to the fucking beginning. Almost to the very coup of 1787 when a few motherfuckers decided that you don't really have a right to be free. What you really need is a contract to be free, and that way you can pay a fee. They gave you the Constitution, they ripped you off. But needless to say, going back to the fucking beginning, this was true. It's just that back then, they didn't have a lot of resources. I, I use the analogy of the crocodile often to describe, to describe government. And back then, the crocodile was just a little, small crocodile, not even a normal-sized crocodile, and it certainly wasn't capable of much. Yeah, it could abuse a few Native Americans, it could, you know, take over Florida, it could do a few things, but it wasn't really that good at doing the large-scale mass murder. And then you get to the middle of the 19th century, and that all changes. And, and we're killing all kinds of people with our tax dollars and our, our government monies, and purportedly making the world a better place. You see, this is one of the arguments of the American Civil War, that it was not only necessary, but its outcome was positive. And yet, in terms of Americans killed, as a percentage of all Americans, the American Civil War, you know, in that percentage sense, and even in numerical sense, in a nominal sense, it was the worst catastrophe in American history. And I don't want to get into whether it freed the slaves. I don't know that it actually freed anybody. I think it changed the chessboard. It changed the relationships. But a lot of African Americans were just as abused the day after as they were before. And a lot of them still lived in fear. And what would change is you would now have an almost moralistic color of law reality for another 50 or 60 years, where under the guise of law, African Americans were abused. And they weren't the only ones. It just happens to be case that they got deeply abused by this system. You know, that, you know how could they have known, right? You don't fix a broken window by breaking more. The American Civil War is a classic example of that. We created an open wound that some would argue is still not healed. And that's kind of creepy given that the United States government's probably on the verge of collapse. If you want a, a number one change in my message that has led to a lot of shadow banning and actual banning in the last year, the main change or the main thing I've been trying to tell people is at this point the government's mostly a fear machine. Like it'll tell you about FEMA camps and it'll tell you about all kinds of crazy vaccine stuff and forced injections. But if you understand that they control the media, if you understand that they control the message, there's a reason why they want you confused and afraid. Because if for a moment you recognize the truth, that at any point in American history, this is definitely true today, that the United States government is empty. It is nothing. It is, it is in fact, a failed state. 
And the other truth is nobody can come in to swoop and help you. You know, part of the underpinning of the whole reset mythology, which is a lot like the whole QAnon mythology, which is a lot of bullshit, but a lot of the reset mythology baked into it is this fear that your technological world has nobody to save it. That the reset motherfuckers at best are really just going to head to a, probably a cave someplace. And they'll watch us die and then they'll slowly die too. But that's reality. Okay? Even people who oppose the reset propose it as an idea because they're too afraid that this system could actually just simply fail. Yeah, the most controversial idea you'll express at this point is that Biden or Trump or whoever is in Washington, D.C. as president is really the mayor of Washington, D.C. It, it isn't de facto. It isn't an absolute fact yet. It isn't something that you can recognize yet unless you have fairly good eyes to see. But the reality is all they have is fear. All they have are the psyops. All they have is that. You take that away and there's nothing there. These are people who believe you make the world a better place by blowing shit up. These are the people who believe you make the world a better place by getting involved in other countries' politics, like the Ukraine, like Syria, like Iraq and Afghanistan. These are the motherfuckers who will say, how could we have known? And yet, they'll also ask you to vote for them. Please. Understand this. You do not fix broken windows by breaking more windows. You do not fix the problem of villages being set on fire by doubling or tripling the number of villages being fucking set on fire. You don't. Sorry. It doesn't solve anything. The military, if it has a purpose in a free society, which would really mean a militia, the military would have a purpose in defending people, maybe. But there is no positive outcome to blowing people up unless you believe, unless you're a big supporter of, the kind of communist Keynesian mentality. That it's just about production. It's about jobs. I mean, if one broken window gives one glazier a job, two broken windows is twice as good, right? That's the money multiplier. So a lot of the people that make these decisions believe some really erroneous bullshit, like Keynesian economics. They believe that you can blow up a city and that process will lead to a positive economic outcome. What did Nancy Pelosi say after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti? What did she say? She basically said, this will be good for them. This will lead to more stimulus. She said really wretchedly stupid shit like that. And the sad reality is most of you, well, maybe not you listeners, but most of the motherfuckers out there who would never want to listen to me believe that. Most of the people who vote believe that nonsense. It doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, fuck you. Some of the biggest welfare cows in this country are military industrial complex. Building weapons we don't need that don't really work, like the F-35. Something we don't need, and it's a fail. It's a giant fail. If the private sector were allowed to simply create a mercenary air force, they would have a better air force in five years. See Solarigenomics versus the Human Genome Project. Mike dropped. But no, we have become a country 
a nation. Not everyone. I know my friend Jim says, but I'll tell Jim this. I think it could be 50-50. It's not about politics, but at least half the motherfuckers out there believe that you can make the world a better place by blowing shit up. That you can make the world a better place by breaking windows, and if one broken window is good, two is better. And I'm going to tell you something, and you don't need to be Bastiat, that famous 19th century French economist, or have read Bastiat to understand this. Nothing is improved by destruction. Nothing. Nature does that by itself, by the way. I mean, unless you're a complete oblivious fucking moron, I'll let you in a little secret. Almost nothing we have built, other than piles of radioactive waste, almost nothing we have built would survive 10 or 20,000 years. You go in the future 20,000 years, you might find a styrofoam cup someplace deep below the earth, and you might find piles of nuke waste still degrading. But nothing that you would think symbolizes our culture would survive 20,000 years. Nothing. Maybe the footprints on the moon, right? Maybe the lower parts of the limb, if you believe that bullshit, right? Nature does its own perfectly good job of destroying shit. I fear many people are about to get a lesson in that. Many already have. Nature's so good, nature's better than us at blowing shit up. I mean, nature will take Rome, the city of Rome, the empire of Rome, and, and it'll shake shit up. There's, there's never been an empire, a culture. There's never been a person that's walked the earth other than Jesus Christ as a person that was not subject to nature. Okay? It's just, it's, it's kind of like that Freckles quote about the rapids. Listen, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but eventually history wins the argument. Okay? Try to be happy. If you can be happy, great, but recognize reality and recognize that destroying shit is a choice nature will destroy shit that is not a fucking choice that is going to happen there is nothing that you have built that will survive time sorry for telling you that if you're a christian it's true if you're not a christian you should understand that shit but the point is nothing you create nothing i create nothing we create survives time So why do we spend so much effort blowing shit up when we know shit's going to blow up on its own? And sometimes people mistake, you know, actual free enterprise for working this way, and that's actual total bullshit. Actual free enterprise in a free society where you could use whatever fucking currency you wanted to, so if you wanted to use gold and silver, you could... Actual free enterprise tends to be conservative, not in the political sense, but in, in the, I would say, ecological sense. Uh, natural free enterprise, free enterprise where people are free and not controlled and manipulated by lawyers and scumbags, actual free societies find a point of fit, okay? And there is no upside destruction. Actual free economies produce deflation over time, not inflation. 
Inflation is a product of a lot of Keynesian bullshit. A free society tends to be deflationary, which means being poor in the future is less difficult than being poor today in a deflationary world if you care about poor people. Being middle class in the future in a free society is easier than being middle class family today. That's how a free society would work. It would tend to be deflationary. But these crooked warfare states that tell you breaking windows is a way to make money, so let's break six, no, they're inflationary states. They're, they're basically a slow motion explosion. And yeah, it can take 100 years for that explosion to occur, but man, there's the pop off top. COVID-19 has been a giant fire dedicated to a lot of destruction. And among other things, there have been many people thrown onto the pyre, thrown onto this ritualistic fire of COVID-19. A bunch of small businesses, a bunch of people that killed themselves, a bunch of people that didn't get treatments for heart disease, diabetes, cancer, you name it. A bunch of people that were actually killed by real things and not make-believe fucking it could kind of be true bullshit. Like, I could kind of be an NBA basketball player if I can kind of dribble a fucking ball. No, drop it. If you're one of these COVID is kind of true fuckers, you are as bad as the motherfuckers pushing the total lie because you're still pushing the fucking lie. COVID is kind of true, Dan. They, they released something that kind of did something. And I kind of fucked your mom, and you were kind of my shit, baby. And if you don't understand that hospitals have it in their best interest to call something COVID, you don't understand how hospitals operate. Hospitals, prior to 2020, killed hundreds of thousands of people every year from something called preventable hospital-acquired infection. Things like fungal, bacterial, unknown virus, a fucking diagnosis code that wouldn't really tell you what killed them. It was just some unknown fucking virus. That happened a lot prior to 2020. And it was a liability. It was a cost. It was something that hospitals worried about. But after 2020, everything can be COVID. Yeah. Please tell me about your moralistic hospitals. I'd love to hear your fancy stories. You, you know, they, they must be really great. Next topic. So, yeah, here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Depending upon how you lose things or how things fail has a lot to do with stability, buddy. Dr. Freckles. What does that mean, how you lose things? Let me give you an example. Let's say you're drinking a six-pack of beer, and that six-pack of beer is held together by that plastic thingy, and you remove the beers one at a time, but you don't do it in any particular order, and you inadvertently end up removing one side. Well, all of a sudden, those beers can tip over because you got three beers in a row, maybe on your carpet, maybe you have a new puppy dancing about. New dog. Now, if you've removed them one at a time, but sort of like, in order from front to back, assuming front to back is lengthwise, then all of a sudden 
the la- the most unstable state is when there's just two beers, and and then again, though it can still tip over, and that is a kind of catastrophic failure, but it happens in a different way. The human brain is designed to fail gracefully, but it's not perfect. If I shoot an arrow through your head, there's parts of your brain, like your cerebral cortex, where if I shoot it through your head in the right way, and I don't hit any you know, arterial processes or whatever, you could walk around with an arrow through your head. This is not impossible. And there are other parts of your brain where if you had like, I don't know, a railroad spike shoved through it, because by the way, some of the greatest cases in diagnostic history and neuroanatomy come from horrible accidents. <laughs> yeah. If you had like a railroad spike going to your head, you might still live, but then you might have other problems. Like, let's say it goes to the language area, you know. Well, if it hits you in the language area, then you might have a problem reading words. You might, you might have a problem speaking. But the interesting thing about the brain is it does some rewiring. It figures out ways around problems. The brain is an elegant or- organ when it comes to failure, and rightly so. You, you know, you need every other organ. You definitely need your heart but your brain is designed to last a lifetime and to keep you out of trouble. Well, and to keep things exciting, which means get you into trouble. Keep you from dying when you get into trouble. That's what the brain's for. <laughs> keep you from dying when you get... Because trouble's going to happen, but you don't want to get killed. Man, I wish more people were using their brains these days. Depending upon how you lose things or how things fail has a lot to do with stability. It really does. You ever played Jenga? You know, um, it was a game where you remove little logs. There's a stack of logs, these squared off logs. And at some point, you remove the wrong series and the thing collapses and you're the one that loses, right? I think that's how the game went. And there's another game, I think it was called Icebreaker, where you would break ice, but you'd want to make sure that whoever's standing on the ice doesn't go through. So you basically had to periodically knock ice away and hope your player doesn't fall through. I think that's how that game worked. These games illustrate that there are certain ways in which systems can fail. Systems can fail in ways that can appear linear, like removing the beer, you know, front to back versus side to side. Front to back means you stave off that unstable moment for a bit longer. So you just have two beers by themselves side to side, not three. Playing Jenga was one of those games that sort of teaches a lesson about how things fail. They don't tend to fail in linear ways or continuous ways. They tend to fail in what I would call jagged ways, discontinuous ways. It's kind of like going over the edge of a hill. If you look up into into the Uinta Mountains, from where I'm at, the Uinta Mountains that actually go west to east, they don't go like north to south, it's a really weird formation of mountains, but if you look up into the Uinta Mountains from Roosevelt, Utah, they look smooth. They look smooth and, and they look, you know, really kind of cool but smooth and now they're covered in some snow. But the closer you get, the, the more you realize they're not smooth at all. In fact, there's even little cliffs there. Like you think it's a smooth little roll down the hill to the river valley, but it's not. It's a bunch of periodic falls. 
If you want to think about the near future, and this is probably an important message for the podcast, if you want to conceive of the near future, it's going to be like falling off a ladder. Like you can fall off a ladder and not die. You could fall five to ten feet, and depending upon how you fall, and if you've been to airborne school and learned your parachute landing falls, and if they're they're so baked into your head because you're an army ranger, you might be able to fall off a ladder over and over again and not die. Okay? You could fall off a ten-foot drop. Like, let's say you're going down a hillside. And the hillside seems smooth, but it's covered in underbrush. It's covered in some felled trees. And all of a sudden, you come to a drop-off. You didn't know it was there, and you fall, let's just say, five feet. You can do that. If you're in good shape, if you're healthy, you'll hit the ground. Maybe you get scuffed up. Maybe you get your head scuffed up. But you can live through that. But imagine drop-offs between five and 20 feet that happen in ways that are, once again, completely unpredictable. And that's the analogy for, I think, 2022. And that's really been the situation for the last couple of years. Except the 20-foot drop that you don't know is coming, that could kill you. That could destroy you. And again, you can call it whatever you want to. If it's connected to your your business, your line of work, it could be the fact that some factory shuts down and nobody else is hiring. Oh, I know they're telling you unemployment is less than 0%. And I know they're telling you that, but what if they're lying, brothers and sisters? What if all those jolt reports of jobs are bullshit? I know I see all kinds of jobs, but very few of them even look remotely approachable to like 99.9% of all the fucking people I've ever known. Unless you're a liar, right? Is that That's how it works, right, America? A nation of liars? Guess if you're a liar, right? I was told recently that if you want to get a job, you should lower your experience. You should make it look like, you know, you're a brand new baby. But that also means I was told to deceive. And and again, this advice wasn't coming from a bad person. This was advice coming from somebody I have a lot of respect for. And he wasn't saying it was some somehow a morally neutral thing. He was just pointing out what I know, what he knows, a lot of us know. This is the fucking Death Star. If you want to put it into analogical terms, you live and conduct business on some floor of the fucking Death Star. So a lot of these moralistic arguments about whose money is clean, they tend to be bullshit arguments. All of our money is dirty as fuck. All of our money is covered in cocaine and feces and blood, both literally and figuratively. So if you're asking yourself whose money is clean, no one's. If you can imagine... 2019, you're at the peak of a hill. But you can't go backwards because the road behind you is closed. The bridges are burned. You can't go backwards. You can only go forward. But 2019, maybe that was the peak of a hill. And maybe 2001, 9-11 was the peak of a hill. Maybe. Maybe when Nixon closed the fucking gold window, you know, back in the early 70s, 
50 Bo Blimp Talk years ago. Yes, maybe when Nixon closed the fucking gold window in the early 70s. Maybe that was the peak of the fucking hill. When my mom brought home Velveeta, it looked like axle grease. It looked like the shit that my dad would pump into the, yeah, the bearings of his Garrett Skitter. And if you don't know what a skitter is, that's your fucking problem. Maybe that was the peak of the hill. In 19... I think it was 1980. I think it was 1980. Could have been 79. But in 1980, I think it could have been 79, our whole family went to Hawaii. Um, you know? And for my family, in terms of a lot of things, my immediate family... That was a kind of peak of the hill. You know, up until the 1980s, my dad was able to be a logger in the Pacific Northwest and make a living. But a whole bunch of stuff changed. And a lot of it changed under, by the way, changed under Ronald Reagan. It didn't change under a Democrat. It changed under Reagan. But a lot of things changed. And instead of, you know, doing sustainable forestry, they decided to shut down forestry in the Pacific Northwest and in lieu of that, to do forestry in places like Malaysia, where there was no way in fucking hell those forests would ever be fucking replaced. Because, you know, globalism, which I call neo-Stalinism, but you guys all call home, right? There are containers stuck off the California coast. They're filled with condoms. You ever played the game of Tetris? That's another good example of a jagged reality and a progressively more difficult one. You're given all kinds of bricks to build a building, but you got to build it a certain way or else, you know, it just gets stacked higher and higher and higher. In a weird way, that also teaches a lesson in how things fail. The bottom line is this. You're at the peak of a hill. I'm at the peak of a hill. Okay, when I got pissed off about GoDaddy six, seven weeks ago, and believe me, I'm still sending them shit to their stupid chat app. How dumb of a chat application do you have that I can still send them crap? I mean, I've cast curses upon their CEO and posted images. Get real. Anyways, um, when that GoDaddy bullshit happened to me, and it wasn't just an overnight thing, because it wasn't just GoDaddy. It was SoundCloud provably shadow banning me. It was YouTube shadow banning me. It was Twitter and all the other venues. And then finally, your website just gets stolen, which is what happened with GoDaddy. They stole my money. They stole my website. That is the only way to fucking put it. Was that the peak of the hill? It might have been. It might have been the peak of the hill, buddy. But here's the deal. The road behind you is closed. There is no fucking time tunnel. You don't get to go back to the 1950s or the 1970s. If you want to tell me about stagflation, you are deeply fucking confused. 
The only thing you know for certain is that you are uncertain. And if you're one of these fourth-turning motherfuckers, you're as bad as a Keynesian fuck. You're stuck in a 150-year mind trap. You think the last century or so is reality. No, it's called disequilibrium, you fuck. And we're, and, and we're not out of it yet. Like, potentially the worst part of this disequilibrium is about to fucking occur. All the chickens are coming home. So you're going to go down a hillside, but you're not going to go down a hillside you know. And parts of it might be pastoral. Parts of it might be kind of nice. You might fish for trout. And then you'll have to get back on the trail again, but it's an unknown trail. And then it stops being a trail. Then it's just you know, underbrush and overgrowth and fall trees and, yeah, death traps and pitfalls and hidden little ravines that you fall down. And some of them might only be five-foot drops, little cliff drops, five feet, no biggie. You're just a little scuffed, but you have to keep going because you got to keep eating. And the only way you can keep eating and drinking is by going down the mountain. Just like going up, you have to go down. Some of these drops will be 10 feet. Some of them will be 20. And for a lot of people, a lot of people just won't make it down the hill. That's way closer to reality than Ray Kurzweil's if you live until 2040 Boblimp Talk, you'll live forever. Here's a wild prediction I'll make once again. Ray Kurzweil is not going to live forever. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever tell us he died because he's part of a kind of techno-mythology. But no, he, he's not living forever. He's going to die. Everybody dies, including Ray Kurzweil. And it's way more likely that you are at the top of a peak or at a local minima that's still higher than the fall. It's way more likely that you're at the peak or going down the other side than it is you're still going up, 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 up to the future. You're not. But Dan, what about my smartphone? Well, did we talk about the Alexa telling the kid to put a penny in it? I mean, I don't know if the smartphone is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll let you in a little secret. If your technology can tell you to shove a penny into some electrical outlet or something, um, probably it's not helpful. That's a theory. And, and you're probably not getting smarter either. But Dan, I can let Alexa watch my kid. You could, you could, you could. Whatever demon wants to talk to your kid could talk to your kid. Doesn't fucking matter, though, doesn't. But maybe, and it's a theory, it would be better if people were parents. I don't know. And if you say you're too busy, then maybe you still are going up the mountain. Like the river example, like Ecclesiastes, in turbulent times, there are people who have normality. In normal times, there are people who live in absurdity. That is true. That is reality. You can't change that. No amount of effort, no, no amount of singularity, reset, Ray Kurzweil, shove a chip up your butt bullshit will change that ever. Every person you think is impervious to consequences will face them. Every person you think that is beyond the justice of the universe will face some kind of justice. All of them will. 
They will, and they will visit those crimes upon their children, and that could last generations, and that's way closer to the truth than any kind of Ray Kurzweil singularity, artificial intelligence is going to take over the world bullshit. Way more likely. Next topic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. The next topic is a good one. So, there are a lot of dogs in this place I'm at where I'm renting a, a room. Um, currently, I don't know how I'm going to pay this month's rent, but that's not really your problem. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of dogs here, and they're awesome dogs. They're amazing dogs. But here's something you may or may not know. Every dog has a superpower, and it is a superpower. That dog will stay still and deep and will have the deep, still eyes of sadness as you sit there eating your fucking burrito. You're eating your burrito. You just got home. It's been a long day of fucking work. Your dog shows up. Do you even care, Dan? That's the message you get. Do you even care, Dan? If one dog stares at you, the message received is, do you care about me? You eat that burrito in front of me. Don't you realize the pain of my dog existence? But don't you wish you had a photonic membrane, a kind of mimicry layer? Maybe it's like, I don't know, through a scanner darkly bullshit. But don't you wish you had a force field for eating in front of your dog? Imagine that, a photonic membrane field that permeated your dog's field of vision. In addition to having molecular smell blockers, this food field, this magical food field, will stop your dogs from staring at you. And that will make your food more pleasurable. Nobody wants to eat a burrito in front of a dog. Nobody wants to eat a taco in front of... I, I think you'll eat broccoli in front of a dog. And I think broccoli is potentially something your dog won't even bother with. But other than broccoli or maybe something really terrible, there's nothing you can eat in front of your dog where your dog won't use its mind powers to say, this is mine. Are you a bastard, you son of a bitch? That's what your dog's saying to you. Fuck Fido, go buy the food field. Ron Popeil's food field. It'll cause tumors in your testicles, but at least you'll be able to eat in front of your, you know, fucking dog. Next topic. Next topic. So there are lots of things that are dumb in entertainment and film and TV these days. I don't want to go down the list. I mean, there's stuff that's so dumb, I just want to stop the vomit. You know, I, I just don't even want to go into it. But one of the dumbest things in most of these movies is where people stop to talk while they have guns pointed at them. And again, I don't really blame all the modernists. If you've ever, if you've ever seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly... There's that whole scene at the end where they're all ready to shoot each other. But the key thing is, you got three guns, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. You don't have to just have two guns. You have three guns, right, up against each other. So bottom line is, 
that may be the exception that proves the rule, okay? To, to give some props back to Clint Eastwood and Eli Wallach and that other motherfucker. That might be the exception that proves the rule. But in general, it's dumb. Why do people stop to talk when they have guns pointed at people? If you have a gun pointed at someone and you're not intending to use it, you need to put it back into your fucking holster. That's a really good rule of thumb because otherwise you're just a threat. You're just going around threatening people, which kind of connects us back to government again. You see, the thing is, right now the government's threatening everything. They're threatening prisons and vaccines and all kinds of horrific shit. But me personally, having lived in Seattle during the 2020 thing and lived other places, I don't see any of the evidence for most of the dystopian bullshit that the government's threatening. Yes, it's true. People have obeyed the PSYOP. People have shut down their lives to be part of global austerity. But has the government really been sending shock troops around? Other than the paid-for commie trolls and the Proud Boys, it's been mostly a LARP. You know, But this is a problem, and this is something to understand. Military psychological warfare, a lot like chemical warfare and other things, has a kind of half-life. I mean, if you spray chemicals over the battlefield, usually ultraviolet light, the wind, um, moisture, all sorts of things, including oxidation, will bring a lot of these chemical compounds to an inert state eventually. So you can use chemical weapons, but they don't just linger forever. Eventually, you know, they dissipate, they become inert, they become non-threatening. Um, the same thing's true with psychological warfare. And again, I think the COVID is, bullshit, is brilliant bullshit. But at some point, especially with the Omicron variant, people are going to start to realize they're being fucked with on a horrible scale and they will skip two or three levels and go right to crazy. That's one of the problems with military psychological warfare, is that you run the risk of driving a population of people mentally ill. It's why you don't tend to use it like for long periods of time. During the first Gulf War, it was used over a period of weeks to basically convince Republican Guard and other Iraqi troops to convince them to give up, and it kind of worked. But you couldn't have done that for years on end. Years on end, people just think it's stupid. Okay, it's like those crazy speakers in North Korea that, you know, have, all, have that happy workers music playing 24-7. At some point you realize, you know, it's a lot of crazy fuckers paying for that fucking speaker. And none of that shit makes sense. Psychological warfare has a half-life. You can only use it for so long. And if you're doing it in a way that looks like trauma-based mind control, which is what this looks like, it definitely has a half-life and it has outcomes that are bad. Okay? Not just people killing themselves and overdosing, not just death as a result. There'll be death, but you could also end up with a lot of madness. And I don't think we've seen half of it yet. I think that the madness that is going to result from all of this monkey herpes, Rona, COVID bullshit, all the race war bullshit, the madness that's going to come out of this is going to be overwhelming and completely fucking predictable. And if any motherfucker says to me, in the years ahead, whether they call this a fiasco, kind of real, they're a bunch of doorknobs, yeah, by the way, keep on voting, fuck. But if anyone comes back to me and says, well, how could they have known... I think they've done this a few times before, you fuck. 
These fuckers have been torturing people for scientific, quote-unquote, and ritualistic reasons for decades, centuries. It goes back before the United States, but arguably the CIA has definitely been doing this nonsense since the 40s. And there is no indication that they're going to stop. There's every indication that they become bigger shitheads. Arguably, much or most of social media is a deep state CIA NSA op. And so, if you ask yourself, why am I being fucked with on Facebook? Well, I don't know. Why do you think those Danish kids were tortured? And why would you assume that only ever happened once? Why would you assume that kind of shitty anti-Nuremberg doctrine bullshit only ever happened once? What kind of a fucking moron are you? Yeah, at this point, I'm calling out people to be morons, especially the ones who say they couldn't have known. No, sorry, because you're still going to fucking vote next year, so you don't get to do that. Or, or you can do that, but I get to call you a shithead. You are a total fucking shithead. Next topic. And I don't care if you want to stop the talk before you kill somebody. It's up to you. So... I was thinking about space the other day, and again, I don't know what space is, you know. Space could be like that frickin', you know, that, I don't know. You know that movie Dune? Space could be like a medieval kind of like imperial Dune thing, and you've got people fighting after spice so they can navigate deep space bullshit. Space could be like, what, Saturn 3? You know, yeah, with Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> Farrah Fawcett and Kirk Douglas. Who knows what space looks like? And do we really know what would happen to people? Like, what if in space the optimal girth of a human is roughly 10,000 pounds? What if in the vacuum of space we become 10,000 pound beasts with 3,000 pound brains? Our brains become super brains, like, I don't know, giga brains, which means we gotta go find the super weed. In fact, in the future, you can imagine a spaceship that looks like a giant tin can. Shoved into it is a human glomboid. The human weighs 10,000 pounds, 30% of which is brain. The human farts out and creates fuel and rockets ahead. In fact, the human's in a tube. The mouth sucks up space gumptus. The butthole farts out methane. Yes, in the future, humans will be living in giant metal tubes in space. Their buttholes will be connected to a combustion chamber for their methane-powered rocket. Their mouth will consume the glumbazoid of space like a giant mungus hole. 
They will seek out planets to consume because all they'll do is think about crap all day and eat. That's the future of people in space. Yeah, I don't know, man. Last topic. Another quote from Dr. Freckles. All governments under the best conditions are pirate ships. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, first I'll say this. One thing you have to know about pirates is that they're very historically contextual because a lot of people say a pirate is a pirate is a pirate. In a certain sense, that's true. In that duck typing sense, you know, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Yeah, a pirate is a pirate, right? But pirates have existed for different reasons. During some of the major imperial wars of the 17th and early 18th century, a lot of people were turned into pirates by their government. A lot of people were paid to be privateers. A lot of dudes who started out with legal license to rape and steal and murder, you know, were later called pirates when, when whatever war, you know, when that war ended. So this pirate thing, people will say, well, Dan, are there good pirates? It's like saying, are there good thieves or good rapists or nice people that set shit on fire? See the statement about breaking windows. You don't fix poverty by creating more poor people. You don't fix the problem not having wealth by stealing other people's wealth. Yeah, you offload your problem to somebody else, but it's still a fucking problem. Um, but thieves and pirates and rapists and government don't really get this. They don't understand this. There is no ability to do the transitive reasoning that takes them to the point where they understand. And I'll say this for at least you know ordinary thieves and pirates especially if they, you know, eschew force and try not to hurt people. What you're doing is still shitty, but not as shitty as what the government does. Not as shitty as what your police departments do every fucking day. Every day, the police, the DEA, you name it, steal people's shit. Sheriff's departments steal people's shit every fucking day in this country. People will have cash in their car, and some dude will say, well, why do you have that cash? And you'll say... You should just not say anything. But um, they'll take it. And they'll take it under the color of law, which again, folks, <laughs> that's why we won. The, that's why the Civil War was won. So you could do really crooked bullshit to people under the color of law. Really crooked. You could steal people's shit. You could rape them and kill them as long as you're a cop. Oh, but Dan, cops can't rape people. I don't know. Maybe they don't formally say they can. What I can tell you is that they do whatever the fuck they want to. Because as long as they're obeying whatever local crony government they're told to obey, believe me, as long as there's no evidence and they'll cover it up, they do. They rape, they kill, they steal. Cops do that. The, the back the blue fuckers do that. Yeah. Sorry, did I shock you, you fuck? Every single government that has ever existed is, on a certain level, a pirate ship. And so if you get caught up in, well, are there good pirates and bad pirates? You know, wasn't Roosevelt's pirate ship better than the Hitler pirate ship? Well, that's an interesting argument if you have a cartoon, you know, version of history bouncing about your skull. But the reality is a bit more nuanced than that, you know, especially when it comes to the Hitler thing. A lot of what Hitler achieved... <laughs> was done at the behest of American bankers. A lot of what Lenin achieved 
was done at the behest of American bankers. So when people say things like, well, Hitler shit, a lot of people enabled Hitler in the United States of America. IBM, Ford Motor Company, a whole long list of companies and organizations made sure that Hitler would have a chance to do whatever the fuck Hitler would want to do. And then once again I say, because this has happened before, and it happened after, Saddam Hussein, you know, Manuel Noriega fuck, we have done this over and over again. And what some motherfucker back the blue, I'm going to vote this year because this year the morons won't be so bad. What they'll say is, how the fuck could they ever have known? Billions of people have been terrorized for almost two years by illegitimate organizations. If you want to claim it's a fiasco, fine, but why the fuck do you pay your taxes to this thing? Because it doesn't seem to be over. Every fucking five years they'll tell you, how the fuck could we have ever known? How? Yeah, if you're a fucking Danish person and you think those orphans were the only people in the history of Denmark to be abused and tortured by the CIA, you're a fucking idiot. If you think that that kind of thing didn't go on all around the world to include the United States and Canada during the Cold War, if you didn't understand that, I'm sorry, you're just ignorant. If you didn't realize our government has treated American citizens like crap for pretty much the whole history, it's just at the beginning they didn't have a very big, you know, capability to be a torturer and a killer. If you don't understand that, you're ignorant at this point. I cannot help you. There's a lot of people I cannot help. If you scream out in the night in a few months, waiting for a black helicopter to drop MREs on your head, I can't help you. You should be watching the fucking ground. You should be making sure you don't fall down a fucking cliff. If you want to stare at a blank sky, waiting for a helicopter to save you, and you fall down that 10 or 20 feet in that proverbial sense and break your fucking neck, I can't help you. You should have fucking helped yourself. Last but not least, speaking of helping yourself. So I am between projects right now. I was on a programming project until recently. You know, it did what it did, and I'm, I'm not sad or happy it was over. It was just a thing. But um, I'm currently between jobs, and I'm trying to fund this podcast. Keep in mind, you know, I paid GoDaddy for a year's worth of multiple services, which accounted for somewhere around five to six hundred bucks, not to mention all the domains they basically locked up because of how they behaved. So ultimately, I've had to repair a lot in the last few weeks, and you know, it's money. Now that being said, I have a lot of listeners who are very generous. Um, no one is really required to donate, and if you've donated once, you've donated plenty, okay? Uh, if you know people who would like the podcast, I don't know how anybody would know anyone that would like this podcast. But if you happen to know some random, crazy, angry person that would like this podcast, let them know. If you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, if you've taken care of the people you love to include your pets, if you've set aside enough food for you, your family, and your pets for 6 to 12 months, and honestly... That's conservative. If you've done that, 
and you are as debt free as you need to be and you have extra money laying around and you want to donate you can there'll be a link to a PayPal donation site I don't currently accept crypto if you wanted to send me a crypto I could set up a wallet probably the problem is is that crypto has become just as bad as every other kind of financial instrument when it comes to know your customer government bullshit so the arguments about oh private no, if you go to like a lot of these crypto sites now, you have to go through a KYC gauntlet of verifying passports and licenses and previous addresses. And all I can say to that is it's a lot of bullshit. It was bullshit after 9-11, and every crypto motherfucker that supports that nonsense is proving how much bullshit their crypto is. Fucker. If you wanted to send me physical silver and gold, you could try. The problem is I know that my mail gets opened. I know that it gets diverted. I know that it gets halted. And I'm not fucking special. Oh, yeah. You think I'm special? I'm not. This is, this is not paranoia. This is reality. All y'all get as fucked as I do. Most of you do. A lot of you do. Anyways, if you're saying you want to send me money through the mail, it won't work. The only thing that currently works on the Death Star for the uh, planetary status report is this PayPal link. And guess what? In a few weeks, a couple months it might stop working too. And I'm not sure that matters. We are all at the peak, baby. And if you're saying to yourself, well, how could I have known? I, You need to do some meditation and prayer. you have known I drink too much beer uh, you know I drink more beer than I should if, if, if it ends up killing me I knew um, I don't always eat the right food as I pointed out I had some chicken McNuggets if the McNuggets kill me uh, I knew there are lots of choices we make that are risky choices, and it is your fucking life. And as long as the choices are about your life and not other people, feel free to do it. But don't come back and say nobody told you if people told you multiple fucking times. Because that's just what shitheads do. Talk to you later.